today is the last day to sign up for our 21 day biblical meditation challenge exercise your mental muscle let's 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 stop looking at our thighs let's stop looking at our belly and all the places for a minute and let's exercise this thing called our mind and our brain remember your brain is the organ that just says as you wish your mind is the place that god wants to renew and when we sit in biblical meditation time being still the benefits are profound you guys meditation being still and for us we're gonna fill our mind sit with the word of god it has been proven to strengthen your immune system lower the effects of stress on your body and your brain there's also many studies for people who have tend to be emotional eaters um, overeat eating disordered or disordered eating that they report increased benefits having self-attunement and awareness and control that comes easier because they just decided to be still i just think this is in, so like the lord to give us something so small to do and watch big changes happen so today is the last day you can sign up for any tax donations tax deductible amount donation it's a lot of words it starts on monday september 13th and after september 9th uh, this program will be available for you to purchase but right now it's any donation amount gets you in any donation amounts tax deductible so don't miss and let's all start together we will start on monday september 13th now here's the cool thing. Today I am introducing you to Junie Felix. Uh, she is the author of You Are Worth the Work. She works with DJ uh, Dr. BJ Fogg in his Stanford Bi uh, Behavior Design Lab on tiny habits. BJ Fogg wrote the book Tiny Habits and she wrote this book You Are Worth the Work. This is going to be a, such a profound message and it goes right with this reason why I'm saying let's get small. Let's get still what bigness god could do through us if we could think more in this tiny mindset today she's going to talk about the mindset of tiny she gives us a formula for behavior design and it's fascinating it's actually uh, you know you hear different formulas but yep same thing that we have to pay attention to our prompts and our motivation our ability that creates our behavior she's going to break it down so if you're someone who struggles with why do i not do the things i want to do romans 7 paul said that one, please join the Biblical Meditation Challenge. Two, listen to today's podcast. Potentially go get the book. This message resonates with you. And I, I, here's what I know is going to happen. It happened for me as she was talking. She's going to let you all off the hook. You know why she's going to let you off the hook? Because she's going to show you the way into the kingdom. Because a way into the kingdom is small. Jesus says, the little children, these are the greatest. Who is it like? What's the kingdom like? Look at these children. And he talks about how we started small in our mother's womb, where we've adopted this mindset of go big or go home. And it really is the mindset of tiny that creates sustainable and lasting change. Man, there was so much. She shares her story of complex trauma. Um, she really goes there, which I'm so grateful and um, she doesn't hold back, you guys. So you're gonna feel released, seen, heard, valued, and you're gonna know what to do next. The question is, will you do it? Will you do it? I hope so, because I sure love having a front row seat and hearing the stories of how you guys are putting this into practice. 
as you break up with the expectations of the world and what they've told you what your body should be or what you should be able to do. You stopped shooting on yourself. Shooting. Make sure I say that real clear. So you stopped shooting on yourself to become a person who celebrates the goodness of God. It's about Him. So thanks for being here today. Uh, you can get Junie's book and swipe up on the show notes to get connected with her, pick up the book, follow her on Instagram, all the places. But get ready to have your soul blessed. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community, we are excited today to bring you another new friend. I always get good friends. First, the friends come across my desk often in books. I love books. I see them and the titles often capture my attention first. And this book uh, is by Junie Felix. The And that is how you say it, Felix, yes? You got it. Want to make sure I didn't somehow butcher it, but okay. No, it's and like she... Fix it, Felix. <laughs> Fix it, Felix. All right. And she is. The Lord is using her, you guys, in a profound way. You know, here at Revelation Wellness, we're talking integration, heart, mind, soul, strength, that the story you live through is for his story and it makes history and we can reconcile it all. And she wrote a book called You Are Worth the Work. Come on. I just want to say that's something that I've been talking about later. It's like, there's a work to do. And do the work, like there is the work to do, but how we do it without the striving mentality or the performance or things like that. So I'm excited you're here today. So Jeannie, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I am a super geeky sci-fi nerd, uh, distance runner. I do love a good run. Uh, half marathons are fun, full, not so much unless you have your very best friends with you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I also uh, deeply appreciate hiking in the outdoors, just exploring God's artwork, and mm -hmm. just completely and totally in love with Jesus Christ, just mm -hmm. everything about him and who he is and what he does. And you live in Chicago. We talked about that because she's very uncomfortable with the weather right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. And also a technologist. I, I, I sometimes forget to add that in because it's okay. so fun. Um, just I just love coding and programming systems design the works. And wow. uh, the way that technology is such a great, wonderful gift from God that allows yeah. us to connect in ways we would never imagine. Amen. And maybe we'll get talking to how it, you know, where is the boomerang of when we have too much, too much technology or too much, you know, cause it is a gift. Everything's good. It's when the good thing becomes our God thing, when we're so disconnected from ourselves or others. So I love it. You're smart pants. You're smarty. I love it. Oh, good. I appreciate that. I love to learn yeah, and that keeps things fun. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So Junie wrote the book, You Are Worth the Work. First of all, I have to ask the question, well, I always ask why. Why did you write the book? I know you have a hope for the book, but they're probably equal, but why did you write this book? Well, I wrote this book because in my 17 and a half years of live broadcasting experience, um, most of that broadcasting experience was in a Christian community among my brothers and sisters in faith and people from the full spectrum of faith at mm -hmm. all points in the journey. Mm -hmm. And the questions that I heard were getting repetitive over the years. We'd have call-in times, we'd have texting, we'd have emails, but it was always, I love the Lord with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm. I, I want to read my Bible more and I don't. I want to pray more and I don't. Mm. I want to be a quote-unquote better Christian and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not. I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm going, but I feel like I'm failing every day. Is God disappointed in me too? Mm. 
after hearing those questions thousands of times, Mm. I just started getting with God about it in a different way. In about 2017, as a technologist, I study and I teach behavior design with Dr. BJ Fogg, Stanford Behavior Design Lab. I'm on the teaching team. And I just kind of had the tech interest and, and as a hobby, but I started really praying differently about it. I'm like, Lord, I am a discipler. I want Mm. people to love you and know you more. Why am I hearing this over and over again? And he just taught me how to take everything that I was learning and doing in the tech community and kind of funnel that all into discipleship to help Mm. others to break free by teaching the science of human behavior, Mm. how it actually works so that others can find wellness the way that I have by understanding how human behavior was designed to work. That's good. Okay. Well, now you got us. So tell us about it. Tell Mm -hmm. us about the science of human behavior. How did God design it to work? My pleasure. Now, behavior design, formerly called persuasive technology out of Stanford, behavior design is a comprehensive system for, for designing toward the desired behaviors. It's a comprehensive system of methods and models based on how human behavior works. So you can design towards your your desired aspirations and outcomes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Simple ways to transform lives. And so behavior design is based on the formula for human behavior discovered by Dr. BJ Fogg and curated mm-hmm. over the past 25 plus years now and mm-hmm. has proven to be a global intervention. People in all cultures, because we're all humans, have found breakthrough in achieving their aspirations and outcomes because they are using the formula for human behavior and the methods and models of behavior design. Most of the technology, the user experience part of our technology that we're using is powered by the concepts, the fundamental concepts of behavior design. And the formula is quite simple. It's behavior. It's Mm -hmm. equals motivation, ability, and prompt. So the formula looks like this. The letter B Mm -hmm. equals motivation, M, ability, A, and prompt, which is P. So B equals math is what you'll have there in your notes. So there's the formula for human behavior, which I believe to be an equals MC squared equivalent. Now Mm -hmm. I am on the teaching team and I call it the behavior design is the science of love because the key to breakthrough is to convert to a mindset of tiny. And with this mindset of tiny that's built into God's design for human behavior, because God is a systems guy. The evidence of that is everywhere. One of my favorite passages is it's here in the book of Romans, Romans 110. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities. Mm -hmm. Now think about how tiny and invisible the lines of code that power our technology are right? Mm-hmm. It's invisible, but there's mm-hmm. millions of lines of code there. Mm-hmm. Amen. The creation of the world, God's invisible qualities are made evident. They are his eternal power and divine nature, the scripture says, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. Now think about that in terms of the manifestations of his will. So behind the scenes of reality, are these tiny little components that make reality possible in the multiverse. So when you convert to a mindset of tiny, 
then you start moving into this entire realm of understanding the process. That's good. The go big, thank you. The go big or go home mindset that many of us here in the West are into. I mean, we're taught from kindergartners. The go big or go home mindset, it causes us to be caught in a cycle of shame and blame and condemnation because we don't understand that love from God is experienced in tiny ways incrementally as we grow. You know, God is about the atoms, the molecules. Come on. The cells. The cells in our body that he them all together, you know? And and to think we started as that. We were tiny. Like we were a cell cell in a mother's womb, just a little place of life where energy, protons, neutrons, like it's starting to happen, but tiny, tiny. And from the tiny, the unseen, everything that's been made has been seen. That's right. And as human beings, we're designed to move forward, to grow, and to thrive and to be victorious in life with this tiny mindset. But when we think it's supposed to be fast and big, that's Mm -hmm. when we feel like failures over and over again. But it's the incremental that really brings breakthrough. Now, let's talk more about incremental um, in, in real application. So how does that apply? Like, can I, I'll apply it to the people. I know our audience is going, how do I change my behavior with food? Oh, excellent question. And I'm going to show off my mentor's uh, book, New York Times bestseller. Tiny Habits, yep, have read it, yep. If you turn to chapter seven, uh, that chapter is about me. Okay. <laughs> I use the science of behavior design. And remember, it's a comprehensive system for thinking clearly about human behavior and designing simple ways to transform lives. So there's mm-hmm. a definition. So taking behavior design and the formula for human behavior and the method of tiny habits, I beat a sugar addiction that I was struggling with. It was a grief-induced sugar addiction. Mm. My mom, who was sick my entire life, I never knew her well, not a day in my life, passed in 2015. Mm. Mm. Now, when you have been a caretaker for someone who's been sick as long as you've known them and they pass, it Mm. creates this huge space in your life that you don't expect. Suddenly there's room for you. Mm. (laughs) So it's a very confusing and sad and strange feeling when you never knew someone well and now they're gone. Wow. So my grief hit me in a way that I could never have expected. And there I was, here I am in Chicagoland hosting a major market morning show. Uh, We were doing really great. We were number six in the city. We were just, you know, thriving and and celebrating. But I had this overwhelming grief because of the loss of my mother. And so I just started self-soothing with Baskin Robbins bubblegum ice cream. Well, I mean, if you're going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. It got so bad, Elisa, that yeah. I would go to Baskin Robbins after work in the off season and I would say, Hey, um, I know bubblegum ice cream is a <laughs> summer flavor, but you've probably got some in the back, right? That's how bad it was. Wow. So I had gained 15 pounds mm-hmm. and um, I was very insecure about that, very hard on myself about that mm-hmm. because I strive to be someone who I believe that. Treating our body with appreciation by making healthy choices and exercising yeah. is an act of worship. Yeah. It's an act of appreciation to God. And so I was yeah. failing myself and failing God mm. by putting on all this weight and eating bubblegum ice cream like it was food. 
And, and don't I, you think too, it was more also the fact that it, the food or the ice cream was the, the, the thing, but it was the grief that you weren't handling well. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Behavior design. Because of that, I was able to understand, Dr. B.J. Fogg taught me that it's our emotions that create our habits. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is our emotions that create our habits. Yeah. For every behavior, there is an emotion. And with that inside, with that knowledge and wisdom, I was able to reverse engineer the addiction out of my life in six weeks. And I know that sounds miraculous and unbelievable, but it's true. And I'm not the only one who's used behavior design this way. Now, the next question I know my listeners saying, how? How'd you do that? What does tiny look like in that? If you think about the formula for human behavior, behavior, B, equals motivation, Mm -hmm. ability, Mm -hmm. prompt, Mm -hmm. and the mindset of tiny. Mm. Keep that in mind. So Mm -hmm. knowing that, The emotion of my grief, sadness, and loss was prompting me like a notification on my smartphone. Every time I felt that grief, that surge of grief, that's like a notification on your smartphone. And it's telling you that from deep inside, there's a need. There's a Mm -hmm. place inside in need of loving care, healing care. Mm -hmm. So the prompt of my sorrow Mm-hmm. I took that prompt and then I designed based on the motivation to stop the sadness. Mm-hmm. I chose a tiny activity behavior that would help me accomplish my aspiration of beating this sugar addiction. So every time I felt sadness about my mom, I came up with a constellation of immediate behaviors that were helpful and healing instead. So instead of going for the cookie, the the ice cream, I would keep sugar-free snacks with me. That was something that I had in my toolbox. I would have a sugar-free snack, but then I would journal. Come on. I would do tiny journal entries. Yeah. Sentence, two sentence, something good, but tiny about my mom. And I write it because- Again, it was the emotion too. There was an emotion there that needed emotion. The word emotion is energy in motion. There it was either going to lead you to Baskin Robbins or it was going to lead you to dump into the journal, whatever the emotion was. And so because I always had a sugar-free snack with me, I was honoring the fact that mm-hmm. I, as a human being, enjoy sweets. I have a sweet mm-hmm. tooth. I'm honoring mm-hmm. me as a human being, Good. but I'm making a tiny healing behavior instead. Mm-hmm. I have a sugar-free snack and I'm journaling about my sorrow and grief. Now, Mm -hmm. let's say the prompt of that sadness or sorrow would hit me while I was working. I'm on the air. I'm live. I can't Mm -hmm. stop the journal then, but I would would make myself a little mark and I would jot the time. And then maybe on a break in between songs, I would journal something good about my mom, or I would just promise myself inside, we're going to address this sorrow appropriately later. Mm -hmm. So it's a quick promise, but I would deal with the prompt and the sorrow in a healthy and healing way. Yeah. Using that system over and over again, prompted by the sorrow, I was able to break the sugar addiction and to sow some seeds of healing in collaboration with God to those parts inside that were crying out for attention and love Mm -hmm. and care. Amen. Behavior is equals motivation, 
ability and prompt. So when we look at that, you have there, if someone doesn't have the motivation, Mm -hmm. will there be a change? Well, we all have motivation. That's the thing. Motivation is built in. Okay. Explain that more. Oh, well, because motivation is based on what really matters. The reason that the system works is because it's a behavior that someone already wants to do. That's built in motivation. Mm. And so in behavior design, whether we're talking to tech teams or product designers or we're at wellness workshops, I always say, we, I would love it if you would just pretend that willpower doesn't exist. Yeah. Because willpower, sometimes we think that it's all about the willpower. It's the Mm. first of the year. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. We think it's about the willpower, but it's not. Willpower is another built-in prompt from the Lord to remind Mm. you of what matters. Mm. It's a prompt that reminds you of what matters. Mm -hmm. And so just let it be what it is. Willpower was never meant to sustain us because that's God's job. Mm. So pretend like willpower doesn't exist. And instead, create a constellation of tiny, healing, loving behaviors towards yourself that will help you to have victorious celebrations of Mm. success all throughout your day. So with Mm. my sugar addiction, think tiny. Every time I had one less gram of sugar, grain of sugar, I celebrated. I would Mm. say, yes, I've got this and I'm sugar free. I'd have a tiny celebration because Mm. tiny habits is a method that we teach that brings behavior design all to one place. So with tiny Mm. habits, which I cover extensively in the book, and of course, you know, Dr. Fogg does too, Mm -hmm. have your anchor moment, which is a part of your existing routine. Mm-hmm. So for trauma survivors, our anger yeah. moments, our prompt is the sorrow, the pain. It's yeah. something that triggers the emotion. Yep. So your anchor moment is the sorrow. Yep. Okay. Then you have a anchor moment, B, tiny behavior. You mm-hmm. immediately will take action based on your ability. So think back to my sugar addiction. Anchor moment, sorrow, missed my mom, never saw her well. Mm. Missing the nurturing I never received. Mm. Grieving all that would have been but can never be. Anchor Mm. moment, sorrow. Tiny behavior. Sugar, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Hey, I I have a paycheck. I can afford this ice cream. Ability. Mm. And (laughs) so all of it works together, all prompted by that. The motivation was to stop the pain. It's something I really wanted to do. So with tiny habits... You have your anchor moment, the sorrow, mm-hmm. you have the be the behavior, and then you have what we call a tiny celebration. And mm. this is really important. That's your C, A, B. Okay. It wires the new habit into your mind. It creates that dopamine hit that just bathes your brain in goodness and happiness. It's the mm. feeling we call shine. So my mm. tiny celebrations are unique to me. And will be unique to you. What's something that you do that's tiny, that brings you a great feeling overall, the feeling of shine? What's something you do, Alisa? Something I do? I would say if I um, hear a good song and yes, move. Yes, Playlist, yeah. perfect. Yeah, playlist, movement. You know, mm-hmm. So in your trauma recovery, Tiny Habits Toolkit, you would have a playlist. I have a playlist too. You hit that mm-hmm. one that makes mm-hmm. you feel good. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little reward system that wires the desired habit into your mind. So with my sugar, I had like, I do like a happy dance. That's one of my favorites. If you have kids in your life, yeah, they love to join you. Yeah. 
come up with a tiny celebration that feels good and creates that dopamine hit that will wire the new desired habit into your mind. But you have to make sure that your behavior is tiny. The tinier, the better. For me, it was tiny journal entries. Another helpful healing tiny behavior is just quick, deep breaths. Yes. In through the nose. Out through the mouth, like exhaling through a smoothie straw. Mm-hmm. Tiny Powerful. healing behavior. Yeah. And then you celebrate. Yes, I got yeah. this. I'm sugar free. Yeah. I always used to say that. I'm sugar free. Thank you, okay. Jesus. I'm sugar free. And all That's those good. tiny celebrations, they caused what we call the identity shift. I shifted from someone addicted to sugar yeah. to numb my pain into yeah. someone who was sugar-free yeah. and celebrating the good yeah. things I remembered about my mom's life yeah. instead of just meditating on all the sadness, all the loss, mm-hmm. and all the regrets. <laughs> so I tell people, we're about to embark upon a, uh, a 21-day biblical meditation challenge, which meditation is just to just sit and be still and let the word roll over you, roll over you, not study the word or do anything. And our, our big thing with that is the fact that we need to just be able to be still so that you can, you can know what's next. And then to even be able just to observe yourself a little bit more. So there's some distance between a prompt yes. and a choice, a, a space to go, what, what are some tiny things that I can do? I'm so glad that you said distance because when it comes to the sorrow, the emotions of sadness that create these habits that are undesirable as undesirable in our life, mm-hmm. the first thing that you can do that's tiny and healing and loving is to slow down and yeah. honor, yeah. honor that emotion. Don't race from that's it. Right. Numb it out with sugar like I did. Honor what you're feeling because your story mm-hmm. matters because yeah. you matter. Yeah. And behavior design is the science of love. Because healthy love is an overflow from within. Say that again. Behavior design design is a science of love. Yes. Because healthy love overflows from within. And Mm. science of love is tiny. It's not about the go big or go home. Think about Zechariah 4 where God says, don't despise the day of small things. Mm. Jesus says, faith as small as a mustard seed. It's all through the scriptures that tiny is important in matters of love. So when you are kind and loving, self-compassionate to yourself for your journey, that's what can overflow. Mm-hmm. And if you think about, you know, the big wedding or the big honeymoon, you know, if big was the answer, then there are a lot of statistics in our country and others that would be different concerning marriage and relationships and home life. It's the tiny things that make the biggest difference. And it's the celebrations, the tiny ones that create growth and Mm. success. Think about how we treat our babies. Mm. In healthy, loving homes, the baby opens its eyes. Celebration! The Mm. baby smiles. Celebration! Celebration, so true. The baby grows tooth. Celebration! (laughs) Because we know that celebration leads to success and growth. I believe that's why we start out as tiny helpless babies because it doesn't change from six months to 106 years. Come on. Designed to grow through tiny incremental celebrations. Success leads to growth 
change is a skill and change leads to change. Mm-hmm. And if we can celebrate the way God celebrates us, mm-hmm. you memorize one tiny little piece of scripture based mm-hmm. on ability, remember ability, God's going to be like, yes, look at my girl. Yeah. Yes. Right. My son. Yeah. I mean, it's not about these big bulk things. It's about the tiny incremental. Okay. So let me ask you this question. So when people, so then why are we so hard on ourselves? Why are we prone to the big thing? Why are we, where's that coming from? We learned it. And that's good news because what we can, what we've learned, we can unlearn. Mm. It's not something that we have to keep. We Mm. can convert to a mindset of tiny. Mm. We learned that bigger is better. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true when it comes to love and life and love, yeah. especially we're, you know, we're taught that we're failing at things that we actually can succeed in if we just scale it down and celebrate the little victories in life. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. And just read a, uh, a science, a, a meta study of people who are in loving relationships. They brain, they scan their brains to see what's different, what part of their brains work are different than those who are not in, in loving relationships. Mm-hmm. And the areas of their brain, three areas are more active and, and robust. And that is the area where the part of the brain that um, can do empathy. So to have, you know, think without yourself, think of in your place of someone else, how someone else might be feeling. So to have that ability to empathize, and then a second place was the um, ability to be thankful, to see what's going right and not wrong. Yes. Right? That's, that's a tiny little shift of we easily do what's wrong, but what can I find one thing right here? Yes. <laughs> maybe and if I can find well, one thing. Yeah. yeah. Find that tiny little thing that is right and really celebrate it. Be sincerely thankful. Amen. Yeah. I- Actually, I was born into a whirlwind of chaos and trauma and drama. Um, at least I started trauma therapy when I was four years old. And Can you tell I, us a little more about your story, if you don't mind? I'd be glad to. I am what is termed a pre-verbal trauma survivor, mm-hmm. which means I have trauma that dates back from before I even had words to express mm-hmm. what was happening to me. Mm-hmm. I have second degree burns on my body from when I was six months old. And so with homelessness and and abuse and poverty and chaos and um, sickness, my mother being so unwell and all of that was my formative years. So I'm a complex trauma survivor, which means I have layers and levels of trauma, um, ACEs as they're termed, adverse childhood experiences. But something that really made a difference for me was when I was 12 years old and we were living in Germany, somebody decided to take a school bus full of children to one of the largest remaining death camps. We visited Dachau on a field trip. Mm -hmm. And as a 12 year old, I already knew that life could be very hard and sad and unfair. But there on those gravel roads, viewing Mm -hmm. the things that we were viewing, I felt the tangible presence of evil for the first time. And at age 12, I decided there's enough sorrow, there's enough abuse, there's enough evil and heartache in this world. I don't know how, but I want to be a part of the good in this world. Come on. At age 12. And so even as a child, I knew there had to be another way to be human. 
And so I love to research and I love to learn. I was nine years old. We were homeless at the time, but I was nine years old and, and still going to public school. And I'll never forget when I sat in front of that Apple IIe computer and loaded up my wagon to conquer the Oregon Trail. And that's when I fell in love with the way things work, with systems design and program. I was like, I have to figure out how this works. Oh, that's cool. And I was a weird little kid that would like read popular mechanics because I love to see how things work. So my love of research as I got older just kept up with it. But I also was researching, how do I heal from this trauma? How do I stop the echoes yeah. that of this pain that are manifesting in so many unhealthy ways? Yeah. How do I stop it? Yeah. And then behavior design. And I found a way to stop it. Now, mm. hear me. That doesn't mean that I'm not still, I have a PTSD trained trauma therapist God plus therapy. <laughs> Amen. Unless the Lord decides to like zap me today. God plus therapy. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of that. Because yeah. when I have a a panic attack yeah. or a crying spell, yeah. you know, those are the, the things that remind me I'm still on this healing journey. Yes, man. And it's so important that we yeah. commit and accept the healing journey. Mm -hmm. You're worth the work. Yes, it's work, but yeah. you're worth it and I'm worth it. Yeah, yeah. Man, so good, so good. Okay, I wanna ask a question. Um, what are things that we can do to regularly reprogram our mind or to kind of stay in this tiny mindset and just just on practical term like living this out in the day to day what can we do to re, to to remind ourselves that it's tiny so the fun thing about tiny is that it's so easy right <laughs> true <laughs> my friends who witnessed my my recovery from the sugar addiction that you know they 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 giggle when i say this stuff but i do i work out every day but mm -hmm. because i have a tiny mindset if i decide to just do this yes i'm getting mm -hmm. fit do you see that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I'm getting mm -hmm. fit. So mm -hmm. I call that my workout. Mm -hmm. Or if I walk into another room, if my anchor moment is changing rooms, I just do one squat. Yeah. Yes, I'm getting fit. Or yeah. yes, I'm strong. So the tiny celebration immediately follows the tiny behavior. Now, I do love to work out. Like I said, I'm a distance runner. I love to run. But I work out every day because I think tiny. And I don't put myself down for not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Every tiny behavior that I do toward my wellness is worthy of celebration. And every behavior you do toward your wellness is worthy of celebration. You might have just five pound weight right in front of you. Just lift it up one time. Yes, I'm getting strong. Yeah. Affirming your journey of wellness. So that's really practical right there. Just do something tiny. Uh, my mentor, BJ, he'll do one, one push-up. And, you know, so because it's based on ability, you can succeed every day. Right, right. If you're just doing one push-up or one squat. You know, other days you might have more time. And, you know, the motivation, we call it a wave. It changes. But regardless of motivation, if you keep your behaviors tiny, then you su succeed every time. As you're talking, uh, the Bible verse just keep coming. It, it's actually been coming to me as you've been talking just over and over. So you've talked about, if you remember one Bible verse, yes, I'm learning, right? 
Okay, everyone, here's your Bible verse, which lines up with exactly what she's saying in Tiny Habits. First Thessalonians 5, 16. Perfect. Rejoice always. That's it. You, you just memorized a Bible verse. Yes. I'm like rejoice always. And that's really what tiny habits is, is in everything. Can I have the mindset of yes, optimistic? Yes, I'm getting better. Yes, I am whatever it is. This rejoice, rejoice. And as you were saying, uh, that behavior design is a science of love that comes from within. That mm-hmm. if we start to just plant these little seeds of everything, I can rejoice in everything, then nothing really yes. mm-hmm. is as overwhelming. Doesn't mean we won't feel overwhelmed as we've, you were saying, like we still have to acknowledge you've got an emotion. It's there. Don't deny it. Honor but it. That, honor it. Right. But that there is, because joy is not the, is happiness. Joy is the presence and the knowledge that God is who he says he is and will do what he said he will do. It's a confidence. Joy is a confidence of God. So we can rejoice. So every little thing in every moment, there's something we can find or partner with in that tiny mindset, which Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful. It really is. And and I just keep thinking of the attitudes, you know, when Jesus talks about the kingdom, it's a whole new way. We've been operating in big, bad, heavy, got to do more, be more when it's really this tiny place of humble yourself these little things is where God does the greatest work. If yeah. we're willing to little our mindset, right? To little ourselves to say, it's enough. I love it. Little our mindset. That's, mm. that's so cool. I like that. Yes, and, and really one of the most helpful things for me when I think about tiny habits is think of the fact that you are God's child and he sees what you're, what you can accomplish. He knows your ability at all times. He knows mm-hmm. you perfectly. Every thought you're going to have, every word before you say it, every hair on your head. So if you think about caring for a baby or a child, based on their ability, you wouldn't tell your three-year-old to go to the store. Well, you wouldn't tell your three-year-old to drive the car to the store right. and uh, pick up groceries, would you? No, that's not something they're able to do. So God celebrates us based on our ability, Ability, which is part of the behavior um, formula. Behavior is motivation and ability and prompt. So what can you do? Not what can't you do? Exactly. And whatever you can do, that's Mm -hmm. a helpful and healing and loving behavior, self-compassion, honoring your journey. Mm -hmm. That's something that God is celebrating with you. And he's so proud of you. Amen. Amen. Wow, Junie, you um, are a blessing to this community. I absolutely know people are just feeling heard, seen, affirmed, encouraged. Um, and I'm sure are interested in your book. You are worth the work, you guys. Uh, you can get it anywhere. Um, Amazon, it's out now. It actually just released. So let's, uh, yes. let's make a stink over Junie and this message that she has. I, I, I believe it's one that we need. It's for the day for sure. Okay. Before you go, Junie, we like to ask these fun little off the cuff questions. They're just silly. So have fun. You're not going to ruin your, your reputation. <laughs> um, okay. Coffee, tea, or kombucha. What's your go-to? Oh, goodness gracious. I love all three, but Me? I guess, well, I'm not a coffee girl, but go. I guess I would pick kombucha uh, yeah. for special occasions. What's your favorite uh, like flavor or kind to go to kombucha or do you home grow it? Ginger, lavender. Ew, you had me at ginger. You lost me at lavender, but okay. Okay, I won't yuck your yum. Good, I love it. Um, 
What is your favorite way to move your body? I think you told us running. Yeah, I love to run, but I also love happy dances, tiny happy dances. Yes. It counts as a workout. I worked out today. (laughs) Amen. It got in your body. And then um, your favorite, where you like to get your favorite pair, like, um, workout where? Where do you shop? What's your go-to? These are my, that's my, my, my jam to pants or workout wear to wear. My favorite thrift store, which is Sweet Charity. Oh, girl. You know what? Um, my daughter, we've been doing some, like, she goes to consignment stores and things like that. There is, like, expensive. I'm just here to say some expensive yoga wear that I've been all. And you, yeah, you bring it home and you bring you it home. Like- you hit the jackpot because it was like $6. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, we got to get smart on this. <laughs> All right. Well, Junie, you're on Instagram, yes? I am. Yes. Okay. And, and I, really, I feel like I left out something important that really helped me to come to breakthrough with my sugar addiction and my grief. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite Chicago pastors, he and I did a call when I was really, really wrapped up in it, just spiraling in sorrow. And he said, Junie, I'm sure you've confessed every sin you can think of, haven't you? And I said, I sure have, Pastor. And he said, well, you need to slow down and understand. It's never a sin to have a broken heart. Slow down and let God heal your heart. Thank you, Junie. Thank you. You brought me to tears a few times here, and I'm sure our listeners are too. So, okay. We will be in touch with you, Junie. We bless you. We thank you for hanging out today. If you write anything, do anything else, you let us know. Okay. Thanks, Elisa. God bless you. Bless you. Bye-bye.